Welcome to See You Later, the podcast where we unpack the good and the baggage that comes with growing up as a third culture kid. My name is Caroline Mason, and I am your host and a third culture kid. If the term third culture kid is unfamiliar to you, please refer to the first episode. Now, without further ado, this is See You Later. I'm so glad you're here. Today on See You Later, I'm joined by fellow MK, Ben Stecker. Ben, could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, it's an honor to be on the podcast. Uh, I am an MK from China, um, and I'm currently on staff with Crew with a ministry called MK to MK, uh, or Missionary Kid to Missionary Kid. That's awesome. And I know that I met you through an MK to MK retreat, so this is special. So do you identify as a TCK or a TCK? And if so, would you consider your TCKness an integral part of you? Is that something you talk about a lot? Yeah, I definitely identify as an adult TCK. I wouldn't say it's an integral part of my identity as much as it was um, when I was younger. But with my role and with the ministry that we're a part of with MKMK, we talk a lot about TCK, TCKness, what it means you know, to grieve well, what it looks like to transition, all of that. And so definitely very much connected um, still to my the part of my story as a TCK. But I think um, as I've grown older and just kind of grown more rooted here in Orlando where I live, I think, yeah, I feel less and like it's an integral part of my identity. Could you share some of your story with us? Tell us about your homes, your upbringing, really whatever you want to share. So I grew up, uh, well, I was first originally born in Athens, Georgia, a little tiny town in Georgia. If you guys like the Bulldogs, then you know where it is. Otherwise, you don't. But I grew up there for two years before my family moved over to China. Um, we were there for a year uh, on stint or just a one-year program um, with crew doing ministry. Um, We moved back to Georgia after that year. And then when I was five, so this is really what I count as my time in China and what I can remember. But from the time I was five years old until I was 10, I lived in Chengdu, China. I grew up um, there. We lived in an apartment complex um, with a couple other expat families, MK families. So there are a lot of TCKs around us. We had a good a good community of other families who were also there doing ministry. And yeah, it was really good. I think just being able to be in community with other MKs, I was just a younger MK for sure. I w- so I went to an international school while I was there, kindergarten through fourth grade. And my experience there overall was really positive. I really enjoyed uh, just being with people from all over the world every day. Uh, my kindergarten teacher was from Nigeria. My fourth grade teacher was from the Netherlands. So just, I don't know, just really valued that. Um, Every class had a Chinese teacher as well. And so it was sweet just being able to be exposed and not really, not exposed, to be immersed really in just so many different cultures from such a young age and something that I really value. And I think it's been super helpful to me now. So we were there until I was 10, at which point we moved um, from the city we were in to Orlando and I was in fifth grade and so ever since fifth grade all the way through through my senior year of high school um, I went to public schools here in Orlando so public elementary school for fifth grade public middle school sixth through eighth and then high school and it was definitely a big difference from you know being in the small international school where my class was 
I think the graduating class was maybe like 16 or 18 to the high school that I graduated from in Orlando, where the graduating class was just under 800 people. But I think it's been a good experience having both. Once I graduated from high school, I went to college at the University of Florida, go Gators. I really enjoyed uh, my time there. And there weren't as many other TCKs there and didn't really have as much of a community in Gainesville like I did here in Orlando, where MKK is based. But it was a good experience overall, and I'm really grateful for it. And then mm -hmm. graduated 2020 and moved back to Orlando and started working with MKK. So I've served with them the last two years and joined full-time staff and um, working on raising my ministry partner team. Did your family really talk through things when you were a kid? Like, were you introduced to kind of maybe specific TCK or MK issues when you were a kid? Or at what point did you get introduced to those or kind of like, oh, okay, this is, you know, something I need to process through, or this makes me a little bit different. I don't know if in your environment there, if that was something that was talked about or if that came later. Yeah, I think at the time, at least while we were in China, we didn't get as much of that. We would go to crew has mid-year conferences for the different regions they have missionaries. So we would go to um, a mid-year every year um, in Southeast Asia and their MKMK had programs for middle and high schoolers. Um, but because I was in elementary school, I never got to do the full missionary kid TCK experience. I think my parents definitely did a good job or the best job that they could with preparing us for a transition, especially going back to the States when we were leaving um, in 2008. But, you know, I've actually just recently talked with them about it. We were planning to do a lot more than we were able to, because I think about two weeks before we actually moved um, was when the big 2008 Sichuan earthquake was. And Chengdu is really mm -hmm. close to the epicenter. And so that really threw off any plans that we had as a family to kind of go to different places that are special to us, go say goodbye, say goodbye to people. Even our goodbye party was, I think everyone was still kind of a little bit in shock. And so that definitely impacted and just honestly made, I think, our transition just a lot harder than it would have been. And I think my parents had done a really good job of preparing us and even planning for um, really good goodbyes, healthy goodbyes. We just didn't get the chance to have those. Yeah. Yeah, it's really important to have parents who recognize like you know this is this is a big thing as a family and especially for our kiddos because i know i've talked to a lot of other tck's and mk's where it's like the kids are just kind of dragged along i know that's different for each family yeah i know my family like we didn't do a lot of a lot of that preparation or transition before moves it was just kind of like okay we're moving now yeah yeah i think that's kind of what i've heard is the more common experience among mk's at least yeah, just in work with MKMK. Yeah, so I didn't really even know really that I, w I wouldn't have said I was a missionary kid until probably high school, like fifth grade when we moved back. It was a really hard year. Fifth grade, at least in the way it's structured here, you know, sixth grade is middle school. So fifth grade is the top of elementary school. So everybody already knew each other. Uh, it was just really hard to get plugged in. And, uh, you know, white, male, I look American quote unquote, whatever you would say American looks like. Um, I sound like I'm from America. Um, and so all these kids were like, okay, you say you're from China, but like, what do you mean? Like, and so that was just, a, so I mean, like that was honest, like that was a part, like got teased a lot for that. And so I actually learned pretty early on just not to talk about my missionary kid experience. It just was easier to not talk about overseas because I knew that it was even if I had no idea what was going on, you know, like a good TCK was able to kind of blend in and observe and kind of, 
you know, be a chameleon till I was actually more and more ingrained in U.S. public school culture. So I had a really good group of friends, though, in middle school um, by eighth grade. And it was actually the summer between eighth grade and ninth grade when I was 14 years old. That was 2012. I went on summer mission with MK to MK to South Africa. Um, and that was the first time really that, you know, I, my friends back home in Orlando, they were really good and knew me as much as they could. But, you know, TCKs get TCKs, MKs get MKs. And there are a lot of crew uh, missionary kids here who've never grown up overseas who get a lot of that same experience. So there really was more the TCK side of it that wasn't fully understood. But being in South Africa, just having my small group leader at the time just look me in the eyes and ask me questions when we would have one-on-one discussions. Like, I still just remember sitting on this bench with him, and his name was Seth. He was sitting just to the right of me, looking in my eyes, asking me questions, and really listening. And, you know, as a 14-year-old, like, that is amazing to have this, like, college student, like, actually, like, clearly caring about you. But that was also, I think, the first time that I really felt truly known and seen in my mm-hmm. story um, as a missionary kid and as a third culture kid. Yeah, that's powerful. So I know that you you spent a lot of time in the U.S. kind of, you know, leading up to your adult years. But do you feel like your TCK-ness affected your transition into adulthood at all? Or do you felt like you were kind of like, you know, I've been in the U.S. for these high school years. I felt prepared to kind of head into college and whatnot. I'm curious to hear what that was like for you. Yeah, I think as a TCK, I was definitely more overconfident for my transition to college. You know, I'd already transitioned countries, transitioned schools twice before at that point. And so I was like, this is going to be fine. And it wasn't fine. Uh, It was really Mm -hmm. hard. And I think for me, I think actually being out of the... I don't know if it was necessarily being outside of the MK or TZK community for so long at that point, at least from an international perspective, that made it difficult. But, you know, I hear so many TCKs who have just really hard, hard transitions to college. And I don't think that's unique among TCKs. I think most people would say their freshman year is the worst year of college. Mm-hmm. But obviously, there's a whole cultural component that comes with that um, for TCKs. So for me, that cultural side of it wasn't there as much but i think because i knew i was a tck and i've heard talks on transition for years at that point and literally could like just like cite different parts of it and everything like i was like oh yeah like i'll be fine so yeah i think it did help eventually of being able again you know i so i lived in a cooperative living organization um at the university of florida so my freshman through senior year i was with anywhere from 13 to 16 other guys in a house and very early on, and this is this is actually something I really wish I hadn't done, but I think as a TCK um, and also just different parts of my story and just, you know, different hurt from growing up, I was able to observe what these other guys were doing, how they were living, what their style would look like, and just kind of uh, molded myself after that. Mm-hmm. So the first two years, I was a great TCK and a great chameleon. Um, but it meant that I wasn't actually who God's made me and who I was. So yeah, in a lot of ways, I think DCKness, at least from from my personal experience, I think was more. I wouldn't say it's more of a hindrance. I think combined with my story, though, like it just definitely made it harder um, transitioning to college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So why did you want to work with MKs? What about that appealed to you or drew you in? That's a great question. Yeah, so like I said, 2012, I went on my first summer mission with them to South Africa and loved it. The way that we do summer missions at MKMK is every other summer, um, including this upcoming summer, 2023. So if you're a college student listening to this, you should apply for our internship. Every other summer, though, we have a college internship and we have a month of training for the interns as they're learning more about their own stories, learning more about like just doing a lot of story work and kind of, you know, realizing, oh, this is what this was like for me growing up. These are what these transitions were like, you know, really helping them kind of engage in their stories more and more um, as we're also training them to be leading the different ministries that we'll be doing on summer mission, leading small groups with missionary kids. You know, how are you going to give a talk? that's relevant to our students and our audience. So there's a big mix of both that, definitely the personal side of it and the professional side of it. But yeah, so we have that month of training. And then in the past, we've had it be where interns will go for a month to training in Orlando, and then we'll go lead to back-to-back month-long summer missions in whatever country um, we're doing. It'll be a little different next year, but all that to say, Seth, who I mentioned earlier on the bench, he was a college intern. And so I remember just looking up to him so much. And I knew when I was 14, it's like, I'm going to do this internship. Like, this is what I like want to do. This is so cool. I love, you know, what it's meant to me. And so as a student, as a high schooler, um, MKMK was huge um, for me to be able to process my story. You know, like I said, that was really the first time that I felt seen or known um, in my being a TCK and being missionary kid and that was powerful. And when I got back to Orlando, KMK is based here in Orlando. I was discipled by a guy named John from my freshman year through senior year of high school, but sophomore year through senior year, we were meeting one-on-one weekly. Um, and so not only, you know, was John and MKMK really helpful for kind of being able to process more of my story, Uh, But he was also really helpful on the faith side of it as well. You know, I think being the kid of the missionaries, growing up in a missionary home where your parents are doing ministry all the time. And uh, it's very easy to be like, well, like they're Christians, like they're doing missions work. Like I remember praying to receive Christ when I was like five, maybe, but never really had a full ownership of my faith. And so John was really helpful for me to kind of help start thinking through what does it look like to actually kind of take ownership of that. Um, And so for those reasons, I think, you know, just really the ways that uh, MKMK and staff with MKMK really loved me well in my story, in my faith. um, I just like knew I had to, I had to do this internship. So 2018, um, I got to do the summer internship and was with other college MKs. We did the month of training in Orlando, you know, over the course of the three months we were together, literally like a quarter of a year, like waking up, seeing the same people day in and day out. Um, was that like the way it sounds then, it just makes me feel like, oh, like that's like so much conflict, but it was not. It was great. Like that community was so, so, so good. But I think also like just getting to care for missionary kids. You know, we got to co-lead small groups. There were four guys in my small group. My, my first project on 2018, I think just listening to them, listening to their stories, being able to process with them, ask questions, and just sit in mess, um, sit in great things too, but a lot of it is just messy. That's really just one of the ways I think that God has wired me and God has gifted me. And 
getting to use that with missionary kids is huge. So I think that internship was like a big part of, you know, at that point I'd been involved with MKMK, but I really want like, it's like, oh, like this might be something I want to do, you know, as a career. And so the way it works is anybody who's done our college internship, we call an associate. And every other summer we have staff on MKMK and then our associates are the ones that lead our mission. And so at this point, we literally have well, probably at least like 100 at least um, associates who are anywhere from like junior seniors in college all the way up to 40s, 50s. I don't know. Um, it's a really cool community. But anyways, got to come back in 2019 to South Africa. I went back as an associate leader and like was just like, OK, God, like you're going to tell me this is what I'm going to do. That was the summer I was going into my senior year. So I was like ready to kind of just like start figuring out, you know, what is the future going to look like? And it was like, yeah, God, like, this is going to be great. Like, you're going to say yes to this. And the first half of it, of that summer was awful, personally, for me. Uh, it wasn't like, you know, project was great. But for me, it was just really hard and very, very different from what I'd expected. Um, and so just remember being like, oh, my gosh, like, what on earth is going on? My God, this was supposed to be the yes. Um, and about halfway through project, that shifted. I was leading a small group of four guys that summer. And I think... You know, since my internship and now uh, in this summer 2019, but also just working with MKMK full time ever since, I think one of the sweetest things about uh, what I get to do is seeing the ways that there is always a very specific part of my story that lines up with whoever is in my small group, at least a part of their story as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so just like getting to see these guys grow in their awareness of their stories being able to process more of what it what it was like for them to be missionary kids what it was like for them to be growing up overseas or transitioning you know we had guys that were living in the states guys that were living in central asia and portugal like in that small group that year but seeing each of them grow and just having the opportunity um to just sit with them and listen to them and you know, in our small group and also, but especially in one-on-ones um, and just work through that with them was really, really powerful. And that was actually really the way that God said yes to me to working with MKMK was through that small group and those guys specifically. So I'm really grateful for, for them and yeah, the ways that God really used them in my life. You know, we talk a lot about in ministry of, you know, we minister to people, but I really think it's a two-way street um, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, there's so much joy and things to learn and just I don't know it's just it's really fulfilling and um, encouraging to be ministering to people but there's so much that they give back um, in the same areas so yeah it's really cool to see what vulnerability will do too when you're open to you know sharing your story what other people will open up with and then just the conversations that can follow that for sure definitely through your work with MKs I'm curious to hear what are some of the differences or maybe unique issues you've noticed that MKs specifically deal with as opposed to maybe embassy kids or business kids or obviously I mean you can't speak on their behalf you can speak to your MK experience but I'm just curious if there's any kind of issues that come to mind with that yeah that's a great question you know most of our summer missions and the ministry that we do in general I mean we're called MK to MK we're not called mm -hmm. TCK to TCK for a reason we do talk a ton about, you know, TCK issues, but recently we've been switching much more to talking about missionary kid issues specifically. You know, I think when you're living overseas, um, and this 
in my experience for a lot of TCKs is true. It's just hard being a transient community. If it's you're a military kid or an embassy kid, you know, I'm like, if you're frustrated with your experience, it's the government of whatever country sent us here, like for my dad to be a diplomat or whatever military sent my mom here for her to serve in whatever country. But there's like a like entity um, to be frustrated with. But when you're a missionary kid, you know, your parents' boss essentially is God. And so I think there's a really uh, just spiritually, you know, regardless of faith and religion, I think spiritually, that's just really hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of our the students that we work with, um, there's just a lot of expectations that come with being a missionary kid. I think it's honestly really similar to being a pastor's kid or being a missionary kid even here in the U.S. or, you know, a pastor's kid in another country who's lived there their entire life. These ideas that, you know, I have to be perfect or I can ruin my parents' ministry if I mess up or like I have to do the right thing all the time. I can only be this. I can only be that. There's a book called I Have to Be Perfect by Tim Sanford that talks a lot about some of the unique pressures that MKs faced. It's written about pastors' kids, but it's something that we use all the time in our ministry with missionary kids. Um, so I think really, though, what I've seen is unique struggles, at least personally and, and the students that I've worked with from the missionary side of it, is wrestling with the pain and that comes with being a TCK, but wrestling with that with God. You know, there's a lot of great things about being a TCK and an MK as well. But when it's hard, it's really, really easy and makes sense and is very valid to be like, okay, God, like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And I think just those pressures too of, like, I mean, you think of a pastor's kid in America, you know, having to, being on stage or, I mean, even a story for me, we came back one summer um, and we were at my grandmother's church in South Carolina and literally they had my family up on stage and they prayed for us, but there was like literally a spotlight on us, mm-hmm. which feels very just poetic, <laughs> like very accurate. You know, even if the spotlight yeah. wasn't there, it's mm-hmm. like we are held up as this example. Yeah. Not because, you know, for me, thankfully, I never really heard that explicitly but picked up on that implicitly really easily. You know, even after that, we went out and we were doing some stuff with um, the elementary schoolers. I think I was like third or fourth grade. And our thing was me and my sister, um, you know, these other, the kids that would go to the, that went to the church would come up against us and they'd have to race us to see who could get the most marbles from one jar to another using chopsticks because that was the closest thing we could get to China in South Carolina in 2006 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a bummer. But what was more of a bummer even from that is, I don't remember who said this or even if somebody said this, but I just remember, I'm pretty sure, someone coming up and just saying, like, you have to let them win. And so this mm-hmm. idea, again, of it doesn't matter what you want, it doesn't matter, you know, like your needs come after people were ministering to and, you know, my parents did a really good job, I think, of prioritizing us as their kids. But for so many families and students that I've worked with or even just friends that I have who are MKs, I think there's just a lot of pain there when the ministry comes first, when the work comes first. It's not just because the government like needs you to do something or, you know, the military. It's because God is taking your parent away from you. And that just causes a lot of pain and trauma, I think, just spiritually 
um, as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. I know I can can speak to that in my own story too. And just I know whenever you were back in supporting churches, I remember the conversations and kind of some of the whispers. And you're like, "Oh, I am, I am the kid that these other people are looking to to know the exact reference of the Bible verse and know all the other things." Right. Yeah. So, as you work with other MKs, I can imagine that it can be pretty emotionally tiring at times, especially if maybe you're talking to someone who's walking through something that was really hard and similar to something you walk through. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you protect your heart and your mind as you work with fellow TCKs? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, one of the things that I'm really grateful about working with the MKNMK team is that there is a very big push, obviously, for, you know, professional growth, for caring well for MKs. But I think we have a really good understanding of, you know, we can't care, like nobody can care for somebody if they're burnt out. There is a limit to how much we can pour out healthily um, and sustainably. For me, like I go to counseling and like that's just I have, you know, time off for that even because that's a value on the team and I'm really grateful for that. So I think, I mean, yeah, therapy is definitely one of the ways that's been super helpful. But I think too, you know, it's interesting of I'm 24. I'm really, it's only been two years. And so I'm still learning some of those, you know, where's the line between caring well and listening well and being there for these MKs and where does that line fall between, you know, a healthy side of that and like me just like wanting to be like the savior figure or feeling Mm -hmm. like I have to give and give and give, which I think also is one of the messages we get as missionary kids. And so it makes sense um, and it's hard. And I think for any kind of caring, you know, uh, profession, whether that's counseling or social work or ministry, I think that's a really big thing. But again, you know, it comes with the spiritual side of it, of there can be expectations or desires of missionaries to just be like work, 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 because you're doing it for the Lord. And God definitely um, wants to work through us and does work through us. God definitely able to work outside of us as well but god's not asking us to to burn ourselves out in the process i think god really has a heart for care and so i think kind of just learning more about that recently has been helpful too and i think one of the cool things too even you mentioned you know similar stories there are a lot of parts of my stories that i was just like there god like how are you going to use this there's no way like just really angry at God for different things that had happened, you know, whether that was in moves or in school or um, a whole host of things. But being able to talk with other MKs about these things now, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it's a two-way street. I joined staff with MKMK just at the end of September. And while kind of the last night there, we were praying and this phrase just kind of came to my mind and it was, God, use the darkest parts of my story to be a light to others and theirs and redeem both Mm -hmm. in the process. And I think I've really seen God be faithful to do that, you know, well before September, but also a sense of there's power in talking about our stories and sharing our stories and then listening to other stories. And for me being older and I mean, working with high schoolers, it's like a, usually like about a 10 year ish gap um, age wise. And so I think there's definitely, it's, easier to kind of separate myself from what these MKs are going through. Like, I'm not like personally like over invested, Mm -hmm. but I can understand it. And I think that's just a sweet, yeah, there's definitely a big value on self-care on making sure that we're not 
burning ourselves out because that does nobody any good, neither the people we're serving or us as uh, missionaries. And so, yeah. Um, and I think just talking with people, like it's been a really, for me personally, it's been a really, really beautiful redeeming part of my story is getting to work through other stories that are similar and seeing God really use what I learned or went through and what I learned from that and others' lives. Yeah. I'm a big advocate for self-care. It's so, so important, especially yeah. in work that requires sustainability. It's like, well, how do you sustain that? You keep yourself from <laughs> burning out. 100%. Um, for sure. So I know we've talked a good bit about some of the heartaches of being a TCK, but what would you say have been some of the re- rewards for you personally of being a TCK? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I I mean, I think some of the rewards of being a TCK is, I mean, some of the typical things of just being exposed and having more of a heart for other cultures um, than I think I would have if I wasn't a TCK. Um, just being able to travel, getting to see you know, what the rest of the world looks like, you know, knowing that, you know, here I am in Orlando, but I am by no means the center of the universe, um, not even the center of the world. There's so much um, to learn from other cultures. And yeah, I mean, a big positive was the food. Uh, the China and Chengdu is the capital of the Sichuan province, which is basically like the spicy food province. So like, <laughs> love, love, love spicy food. Um, it's hard to find something authentic here. And Orlando but recently found a great restaurant so even that was cool like oh this tastes like home I think too just kind of like I mentioned though is even like now working with TZKs and missionary kids I think there's a really rewarding part of yeah seeing the ways that you know the things that even might have been hard and the things that are really great about being a TCK both of those all of those are being used um, in powerful ways and ways that I think are just really I'd say healing even. Um, and it's so, so, so fulfilling to get to do that. Um, those are a couple of things, travel, food, culture, um, but mm-hmm. also just serving now. Yeah. I think also like one of the things that it's interesting because I think a lot of the positives for me at least have come from hard things. Um, like even with the earthquake, I remember. So in 2013, one of the summer missions I went on was to Nepal. So was in an earthquake in 2008 and 2013 went to Nepal in 2014 Kathmandu had the really big earthquake. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being able to like, I was watching it on the news and I was like, I've been to these places that I'm watching on the TV. Um, and I know what it was like to be in the earthquake in 2008. And so I think having a real empathy and a real, you know, vision of, a bigger vision, you know, like this isn't just numbers or like pictures on a TV screen or that I'm reading on a news article. These are people and these are places and these are families. And, you know, that's a more extreme example of the empathy side of it. But I think it's a really good one of, you know, being able to just kind of get that experience more so than I'd say my peers who aren't TCKs um, are able to. And I think those are a couple of the positives. Definitely. It helps you humanize people who might seem really far away or seem just like statistics or something. But you're like, no, I know that there are real, you know, faces and names and stories behind all that. Definitely. So what advice would you give to younger TCKs or even your younger self? To younger TCKs, 
I would say I would encourage you um, to really lean into the parts of your story that are hard, to not shy away from those, um, what you're experiencing, um, the feelings that you have that are coming up from those, both the really great things about being a TCK and the really hard things about being a TCK, those are all valid. And it's really important to be working through those. You know, if you're 13, 14, 15, like, obviously, like, don't push yourself to the edge of thinking about this. But even if you're in college or a young adult or older, I think it's so important for us to work through those parts of our stories instead of shying away. And I think it's really easy for us as TCKs to, you know, to kind of deflect that or just like pour ourselves into another culture or another thing as a way, even as almost this defense mechanism. Um, So I think just, I'd encourage you to, you know, when things like that happen where you're seeing yourself maybe feeling avoidant or even just anxious or, potentially triggered by something going on now just ask yourself okay why why am i what am i feeling what might this be tied to and like what can i who can i talk to what can i do about this um obviously within reason if you're in class and like listening to like someone says something about an earthquake for example like and you're like triggered you need to be able to be present in class and listen if you can but yeah, that'd be one piece of advice. And I think just to me personally, um, younger than I would tell him. Yeah, I would tell him that being a missionary kid, being a third culture kid, isn't this, you know, like, badge of shame at all. It's something that's really worth celebrating. Um, and a really beautiful part of my story and, you know, of younger Ben, of your story. And it's hard, and that's okay. And it's good, and that's okay. But we can show up to that, and we're able to do that now. Mm-hmm. So what is your culture shock moment you would want to share with us? Yeah, I was thinking about this before the <laughs> recording. There's, I mean, the, like the most like classic one that I can think of, at least, was in fifth grade. Um, so this was like reverse culture shock. But getting to back to the States, I remember, I don't, it was like pretty early on, um, but somebody was like, oh, yeah, like me and my friend and like our moms are going to Target after school today. And I was like, that's so cool that you do archery like that. Like, that's amazing. And they like just like looked at me and they're like, no, like the store or Target. And I was like, oh, dang. Uh, so I think just having very, very little awareness or knowledge of any sort of also. OK huge huge fan of lady gaga now but like had no idea who she was when we first moved back and now it's kind of right around when she was being super popular and people would be singing her songs and like like poke why are you poking someone's face that's that's dumb anyways i yeah so i think just learning about just different even pop culture like that yeah i know i i still think it's very funny because i'll encounter or i just i've had conversations with MKs and we'll all be like, oh, you haven't heard of so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, wait, yes, that makes sense. We're all yeah, not in this country. Totally. But it's so funny when people are like behind the times and you're like, well, you know. <laughs> I feel like TCK uh, communities are usually yeah. about five to ten years behind whatever their yeah, home cult- yeah. their passport mm-hmm. culture is. For sure. Um, that's very cute, though, the archery comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here, Ben. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come talk about work and share your story with us um is there anything that you would like to promote or share or talk about related to mk to mk 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the podcast, Caroline. Um, definitely, if you're a missionary kid uh, and, you know, haven't really even, like, don't know much about being an MK or you're an MK who, like, really, like, wants to, like, learn more about it or has heard a thousand and one transition talks and grief talks, you should check out our website, mk2mk.org. And also, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at sometimes at mk2mk, just spelled out that way. Letter two, mk2mk. Uh, same thing with mk2mk.org. Um, but also, we're accepting applications right now for college internship and summer mission. And we're going to be in South Africa this coming summer in 2023. And so, if you're interested, but if you're interested in going, you should definitely head head over to mk2mk.org under events and check out the applications. Yes, you guys should for sure go check mk2mk out. They do incredible work. And as you can tell, Ben is one of the awesome people who works there. So, you know, you can meet more awesome people like Ben. <laughs> Hit us up. As always, see you later. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of See You Later. I hope this conversation reminded you of something you can now go unpack or made you feel less alone or maybe just made you laugh. It is an absolute joy to know the incredible humans featured on this podcast, and I hope you feel as honored as I do to be led into their stories. If you're interested, you can check out the show notes for any resources mentioned in the episode. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. And as always, see you later.